Hi, I'm Mary Michael. Welcome to the Innovate Your Life podcast. This is a weekly podcast where we are constantly inventing through actionable insights to live your best life. Join our weekly podcast for inspirational stories and many innovative blueprints that can help you reach your goals further and faster. Hello, and welcome to our podcast series called Who's in Your Pit Crew? This is where we'll explore the aspects of building your dream team and managing chaos so you can focus on your best life. This idea of building a dream team or a pit crew did not become so important until I joined what I call Team Parent. And with the journey of raising a family with a culture and values, while at the same time rising up to the challenges of a career, I sometimes say it's like a tango dance of managing chaos and having a pit crew would be amazing so we can dance in tune and ultimately achieve life's goals. The best question someone ever asked me was, who was in my pit crew? At first, I thought I could do everything without a dream team. That was such a limiting belief ingrained deep into my mind. And I was pretty much wrong in my assumption that I could be a super mom. As soon as I learned what it meant to be a parent and managing a demanding schedule, sleep deprived, I now realize the value of a dream team and a pit crew driving the same values and acting as a team so we can all live our best life. And when I mean our best life, I also want to mention that it means me time as well or taking care of my sanity. I had to visualize myself as a race car driver. And if I needed to be able to perform at my best possible self. Then, could I be expected to change a tire during the middle of a race and still keep up with the other race car drivers? Absolutely not. A race car driver would go insane if he or she was expected to do everything. This is seriously why parents need a pit crew. There is a wise old saying that says, if you wanna go slow, go alone. If you wanna go fast, go together. This applies to race car drivers, and it also applies to teams that have great attitude and want to see a win-win and work together. This is exactly what I wanted for my family. So I started to look at how I could delegate, which was not easy to do. But also, I wanted to create a winning team environment where not only do I succeed, but my whole entire family succeeds, and anyone who joins my family would win as well. Finding a caregiver to be part of my team parent was not easy at all, and I completely failed a couple times, with trying daycare to trying a nanny, then trying to find somebody absolutely perfect to join the team. For many of my colleagues, this, they sometimes say, feels like a full-time job, and it can take up much of your time, even some of your vacation time, sick time, holidays, it all goes into finding that reliable caregiver. It was not until a colleague mentioned that I tried the au pair program. At first, my gut said no. I don't want anybody living in my house. And the stories that are posted everywhere about young adults looking for another place to party besides their own home country. At first, I was absolutely opposed. Also, my kids were under the age where getting an au pair was even harder. But I actually learned that it was the best thing and my assumptions were wrong. I also had other host parents mentor me in the way, in the way I screened for my dream team. So since becoming a host mom, I am now 
less stressed and can actually think about doing some type of podcast like this one. So my goal is, is with this podcast that we share stories with best practices on how to ultimately build your dream team, or as I say, the family pit crew. Because if we can all share, it's just like that wife saying, if you want to go slow, go alone. If you want to go fast, go together. So let's team up host parents and let's find the best possible family pit crew. Hello, and welcome back to Innovate Your Life podcast with Mary Michael. I'm Mary Michael, and we're so glad you joined us here today. In our last episode, we started discussing the topic of who was in your pit crew and interviewing parents that are hosting an au pair. An au pair, for some of you that may not understand what that word is, is an exchange program that allows young adults to join your home, and while they get to experience another country and attend a few classes at a university, They also help to give diversity to your family and they get to help be part of your kids' lives. Our last guest described the experience of hosting an au pair as a 300% improvement to her life. In today's episode, we'll be interviewing Abby and Maddie, the creators of a blog called My Au Pair and Me, where they will share topics of au pair and host parent life and have also grown a community of host parents. The really interesting fact that I found that we all have in common is a Seattle connection. So let's jump in and listen in as we get to hear their stories of being a host parent. So thank you so much for sharing your great advice. I'm so appreciative to meet other host parents, just like myself, um, enthusiastic about sharing with other host parents. So can you tell me how you started your blog and which one of you started it? Was it Abby or was it Maddie who started it? So I, I'm Ab, I'm Abby. I'm started it. Um, Maddie got her au pair first <laughs> and then I got my au pair. And there were all these things that even though my agency was great, my LCC was great, there were just the ins and outs of like getting the driver's license and getting the social security number and the visas and everything else. And there was no real good resource that was agency agnostic that was current and relevant. Um, there's another blog that's also really helpful, um, but it was more of a Q&A type thing. And since I'm a tech writer, and Maddie's also in tech, she's a program manager, um, we decided to team up and write a blog. Awesome. So you know, we actually have one thing in common right now, we're all girls in tech. So that's yeah. even way more like taking it to a whole new level of like host mom connection right here. So um, how did you become a host mom or a host family? Was it basically a colleague coming to you? Was it a family member? Was it Maddie telling Abby what to do? How did this all become? And maybe you can share both of your stories since this is kind of unique how we all come into this journey. Yeah, I'll start with this one. Um, so I went to a barbecue at my mother-in-law's house and she invited a friend over and her friend's daughter-in-law and son and baby and au pair came. And my mother-in-law like literally spent like three hours trying to convince me that I needed an au pair and I hadn't even talked about having a baby yet. And so like she planted the seed many years before um, 
her friend's daughter-in-law ended up being one of the regional coordinators at one of the agencies. And so when I finally did have a baby, I remembered this barbecue and I called her up and I like grilled her. I'm like, tell me all about the au pair program. And like, I did all this research and I went through and I pulled all these things together because that's what you do when you're in tech and you're like, you want to see all the facts and you want to see all the data. And I laid a whole bunch of this stuff out and I made a decision of which agency to go to and whether I wanted an au pair. Um, and we just started. Um, I had an, a local nanny for a little while and it wasn't working out. And so like, getting that first au pair, I was ready. Like I knew what I wanted. We went out and we searched and I hated everybody I interviewed, hated them all. And about two days or three days before the match deadline, the uh, regional coordinator sent me a profile. She's like, this au pair is um, an extension au pair. She's been an au pair for a year already. She's not sure if she wants to go home or not and you might be a good fit. And so I called her up, I loved her. We matched like literally in 72 hours and she was at our house in like four or five weeks later. Um, and it was great as a first au pair, having somebody who came into my home who knew what it meant to be an au pair, who could teach me how to be a good host family and, and really walk me through what it means. Um, it was a great first match. And so like I give her props for me being a solid host family because she taught me what it means. Um, and then I spent like three years, maybe four, trying to convince Abby that she needed an au pair. <laughs> and like every time we get together, I'd be like, man, my au pair is great. You should get one. How yeah. much are you spending on daycare? Are you sure you don't need an au pair? Well, so when I had my first, my, my parents live about 30, 45 minutes away. And so my mom was really excited to be a grandma because I'm the oldest and I'm the first one to have kids. And so it's the first grandbaby. And so when I had my first, um, she was my daycare, my childcare. Grandma would come and pick up the baby and then <laughs> take care of him and then bring him back at the end of the day. Well, he was only a year old when I found out I was having twins. And that changed things a lot. <laughs> that means like double and trouble plus one. Yeah. And so what happened was um, we have a kind of small house. Our house is only like 1200 square feet. It's a three bedroom house. And one of my house, one of my bedrooms is, was my office when I was working at home and getting an au pair would mean cleaning out that office. But between having a toddler and impending twins, I just went the easy route. We had in-home daycare and then a daycare center but it was literally costing me $3,000 a month, which was more than my mortgage. And I knew that I couldn't do it. I was just having trouble between working and everything else, just getting that room cleaned out. And finally I got that room cleaned out and we got a no pair. And it was so like the, having somebody at home, especially like when I was on maternity leave, having, well, by, by that time, the twins were like three or four, but um, just having another adult at home just to talk to, because my um, husband is a band director. And so he's out playing music all the time and he's got all these bands and he's got the football games and the basketball games. Um, so I would cry when he had band on Thursday night, because I'm like, don't leave me alone with all the babies. Um, but it was so nice to have another person to help. I really liked how flexible it was. And then 
um, between the agency fee and their fee and then everything else that comes with it, like cell phone and car insurance and everything else, it was only like 1700 a month out of my pocket because we are giving her food. We are giving her housing and such. So, so it was a win-win. It sounded like a win-win. And I totally understand the feeling of being at home and thinking I have to do bedtime with three kids, get dinner on the table. I'm exhausted from my job and now I have to act as a second job. So I totally understand that feeling um, and, and what it's like to have um, a second, what I call it, team parent, another person in the house who can act as a responsible adult and help with uh, getting a streamlined. Exactly. So I have, yeah, I have another question for you. So what were your main reasons why you chose to become a host mom in this program? Were, were there like main reasons that kind of just sold you in um, immediately um, after kind of like the first couple of weeks where you're like, yeah, this is it? Yeah. Let me start with that one real quick. Um, one of the other really cool things is that um, my husband and I have both traveled around the world. I was in the Navy. And so I've been to Singapore, Malaysia, Thailand, Japan, and then I've also been to Bahrain and also in Europe. And then my husband, um, his best teacher friend is the AP European history teacher. So every year for 13 years, they've gone to Italy, France, England, Belgium. I don't know. They just go traipsing around Europe. And we love traveling and we wanted to give that to our children. And so we've had au pairs from three different countries and every au pair that's come has also taught our kids like the basics. They're not fluent. I don't expect them to be fluent. I'm not trying, but just being exposed to different languages. And so we love, we love the world culture and being able, and now we have people in other countries that we get to go visit. It's a plot. Exactly. So you have like basically your vacations right after COVID all scheduled, right? Of where you're going to go. So where have your au pairs come from? How many have you had and where have they come from? Um, so our first was from Japan. My husband always had Japanese roommates. Um, and then also something that was really cool for our first au pair is that she was already a teacher at an elementary school and she wanted to be able to teach English. And her English was you know, not too bad, but you can tell that she was at a stopping point because she just hadn't been immersed in English. And so she was looking to come here to live with a family so that she could just be immersed in English. So her English could get so much better that when she went back to Japan, she could teach English. And now she is a teacher, an elementary school teacher. Our second was from France and our current one is from Italy. Nice. And so, Maddie. Maddie, go for it. Yeah. So um, one of the things that really sold me on the program is my husband and I have always had roommates. Um, so like we had roommates, we, we dated in college, we had roommates in college, we got married, we always had roommates. We had a friend stay with us who was working in town during the week and went home on the weekends. Um, and so we've always just naturally had people in the house. And when I had my daughter, we went through a lull of roommates and like, I realized like one, how much help I needed and two, how much I missed um, having people around somebody to talk to a third adult. So like if my husband worked late, I had somebody to just to like say hi to and knew they were there. And like that piece was missing because we didn't have any roommates at the time. And so the au pair was perfect. Like she came in, she was part of the family. She was 
filling that gap of the help that I needed, um, being a full-time working parent, I really needed the flexibility to like, there are days where my husband works early and I have to fill in or one of us travels and the other one doesn't. And just like being able to change that schedule. Um, I couldn't imagine trying to pick up my kids by six o'clock on the dot and getting charged five minutes or $5 a minute for every minute I'm late because traffic's bad and something happened. And like, it's just easier to manage your life and your schedule with an au pair. Because if you're five minutes late on Tuesday, you can get her off five minutes early on Wednesday and, and really balance that where a daycare center can't give you that flexibility. Exactly. No, I mean, that's, that's, I think one of the benefits is we all know how bad Seattle traffic is. Um, I know people live there. I've lived there. Um, I've spent many hours in the car um, listening to podcasts. Um, I think that's why they were invented. It was probably in Seattle. Um, But yes, on the East coast, we don't have that so much, at least where I live because I'm in the suburbs. Um, Part of the reasons why I moved here, but um, I totally can agree. Uh, Having just that five minute buffer or having that 10 minute buffer to be able to just Focus on what you need to get done so you can get home and do what you need to do. That's huge. Also, having three kids under three, as soon as one of them gets pink eye, the other one gets it. And then, like, they're out in series. And so you have to take time off of work to stay home with child A from daycare until child B gets it. And then child A is well enough to go back. And then you're still home at work. And then three weeks later, you know, three weeks later, all three children have finally gotten the crud and are back. Whereas when you have a no pair, um, you know, something like pink eye isn't that bad for adults and you adults are better about hand washing than kids are, but you don't have to take time off work for something really minor. Exactly. Sharing is caring, um, especially in a household. Uh, and even actually I took uh, our pair to Seattle, um, for a quick, uh, I call it a ski vacation right before COVID happened. And uh, one of the kids got um, strep throat. Well, we didn't know that the kid got strep throat until the au pair got strep throat. (laughs) And we were on the ski vacation. So um, I just told her, hey, sharing is caring. And we just went to the clinic. We got her, you know, treated. And then sure enough, I was like, well, thanks for catching your strep throat because we caught it um, in the kids as well, too. So um, it was quite the ski vacation. Hey, it's Mary Michael here. Okay, I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. As we enter into a pit stop break, I thought it might be a good time to tell you about some of the resources to live your best life and where you can find them on our website. As you build your dream team, or as I say, your family pit crew, I've worked with many successful host parents on how they interview to find a true team player to be part of their family pit crew. After a few years of research and some trial and error on my part, I've come up with the ultimate interview guide with over 150 questions to ask a potential au pair. Also, I give you a step-by-step guide on how to conduct the interviews and how to even interview the parents of the au pair. That's right. You heard me correctly. I actually interview the parents of the au pair. That has been one of my secrets of finding the best au pair has been getting to know their parents. Upon researching and interviewing host parents, nine out of 10 felt like they were not asking the right questions. Don't let this be you. As you build your dream team, every family is unique and make sure that you get the right match with your family. You can find the interview guide on our website at innovateology.com. That's www.innovateology.com under team parent and check out our ultimate interview guide. If you're driving, please don't write this down keep driving. Once your car is parked, you'll find all the links located in our show notes. Okay, now back to the show. 
Um, Maddie, how many au pairs have you had? And then I think we also need to ask this question because maybe we didn't get this so far, but what was kind of like your turning point for um, coming into the program? Um, so my turning point coming into the program was the day I came home and my local nanny had left bottles all over my house. And I got home and the baby was sleeping and she was sitting there on her phone and we'd had the conversation six times already. And like, I just realized like this wasn't going to work and like firing a nanny was so hard. And like I needed, so one of the great things about the au pair program is that the contract is only a year. One of the terrible things about the au pair program is that the contract is only a year. And so like, it gives you a very natural breaking point. And for somebody who doesn't like to be the bearer of bad news and doesn't like to tell people they're not doing a good job, like I'll work with somebody until it's to the point where I can't take it anymore. And then like, it, it's, it's rather abrupt. And so like, I really want to have that natural breaking point. It's good for me. Um, it lets me move on naturally if I need it. Um, and so like, that was it, like coming home, the local nanny wasn't working. I needed to do something different. And like, just it's another great thing about the au pair program. Definitely. Um, I think, I think most of our viewers have probably had those nanny problems as well too. Um, and I know a lot of, it's hard to get domestic help right now, especially during COVID. It's just a, an amazing season right now of trying to get anybody uh, to come into your home. I think a lot of our viewers have probably shared the same um, feeling. Uh, I know I've heard stories about, you know, nannies showing up late, nannies not even showing up on the first day. So here you spend all this time and effort and then even trying to coach them on just like basic etiquette, like don't have the kids eat in front of the TV, um, have them have a proper meal. Don't give them the rights to the refrigerator. So um, definitely, you know, feeling that. And then how do you break a nanny, right? So how do you, how do you have that, those hard conversations? So um, I, I bet you everybody can relate to that. Yeah. It's, I don't know, but having the LCC has been huge for me because when we need to have those hard conversations, it puts somebody neutral into the room and like ha just having a mediator to, to be there and to walk through that both on the au pair side and on my side has been really helpful. And like when you hire a nanny off the street, you don't have that. There, there's a lot of assurance that comes along with having help and having that backup essentially um, to help you mediate through those tough conversations if needed. Definitely. So can you tell us where your au pairs have been through? How many have you had? And um, sorry, where had, how many have you had? And then also where have they come from? There we go. That's the question. Perfect. Um, so we are on our sixth au pair. Um, my first three were French from France. And then we had one from Colombia. And then our last two have been from Turkey. And um, our first one, like I talked about, like I wasn't looking for a French au pair. She just happened to be the right match. And then the second two, I was like, we're going to teach my daughter French. And so the second two were very intentionally French au pairs. And we got to our fourth au pair and I didn't like any of the French au pairs who were available. They just weren't the right match. And so we matched with the Colombian au pair. And then um, that ended in rematch. And so when we went into rematch, the pool was rather limited. And I interviewed six au pairs, five of which I hated. The sixth one was fantastic from Turkey. Um, I just fell in love with her right away. She was the right fit right from the very beginning. And then so when we um, went to go find our next au pair, 
I was really open to any nationality. I didn't focus at all or filter at all. And um, we just happened to find another Turkish au pair. And it was really nice for transition, like having au pairs who could talk together in their native language and, and have that conversation before they came in was really helpful. Interesting. Um, so I know that you have a couple of French au pairs. How did that work for teaching a language in your house? Um, so I know in my house, I, I, we are bilingual. My sons do speak French. I actually speak French as well, too. So I kind of foster that as well. How did that work out? Did, you, did your kids pick up on the language? Um, are they um, bilingual? Do they speak to the au pairs um, still continuing in French? How did that work? We've yeah. abandoned it. Um, she had French au pairs until she was four, almost five. And about the time she started school and we started focusing on letters and pronunciation, it got really hard to have the bilingual with mom not speaking French. Like I don't speak French. And so like when she got into school, it was actually like, I, we couldn't keep up both the French and the English and the pronunciation and being able to like start making the sounds. And so we dropped the French at that point which was part of the reason why we moved away from French au pairs. Like it was just kind of a natural point as she moved into school and moved into reading that um, she needed to focus on English because she was behind in reading English. So we wanted to focus on that. And then just, it kind of never came back. We just moved to different nationalities. So I don't know if she speaks French anymore. Probably not. Um, I have no way to test that. Well, maybe we can set up a play date. We'll see what happens. <laughs> she, Yes, she occasionally will be watching something on YouTube in Spanish or French. I don't think she speaks Spanish or French. I just think they happen to be in another language and she doesn't care. Yeah. And for me, I've really wanted my au pairs to teach the kids basic things, but the au pairs, they're like, how do you teach a language? And so one of the things that I've been doing with our current au pair is we're we're trying to create sheets and games that anybody can play with any language. And so just because people don't, teaching is a, its own art and skill and people don't understand how to teach a language. Um, what I've found works really, really well is starting with um, kids songs, nursery rhymes, nursery songs. Like we have Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but other countries they have like, um, Oh, I can't think of it. Oh, so in in Italian, there's il coccodrillo come fa, like the co the crocodile goes like this, and so it's a whole song about this crocodile, and every Italian child knows it, but no American children know it. And the same with Japanese and with French, because there's you know the American stuff gets you know kind of exported, but then there's also all of the the local stuff from that country, and then breaking things down so that they're really smart. Or sorry. So they're really short. And so just starting with a few things at a time, like less than five minutes, and just starting with groups of things. So when our Italian au pair first came, we started with spoon, fork, knife, plate, cup. And it was fun to do at the table because we could just integrate it in with daily activities. With our Japanese au pair, we started with counting because that was the boys were four and six. And so we were doing a lot of counting for school and so there was, I also found a YouTube video where it counted in Japanese as well as English. And so that was kind of fun because then they would watch the YouTube video and singing along. So um, one of the things I'm hoping to do in the future with our website 
that's not quite there yet is just come up with games and resources that parents can give au pairs and au pairs can use with the host children to just play with language, not exactly. become, not become um, bilingual, but just have an exposure to. Definitely. So um, since I lived in France, I kind of have a little bit of an advantage. Uh, so I speak French, um, but also I encourage au pairs to speak their language here. And what they actually found is that they can discipline my kids in French. <laughs> and so it makes their life a lot easier. Um, but we do have to switch to English because my kids do dominate French now. And so we're entering school. So it's a whole new um, journey of kind of now how do you switch to English and kind of make it a dominant language. Um, so we switched. And so we had the um, au pair start to switch to start disciplining in English. And she was like, this is really hard um, because now I have to like think on my feet and, and really discipline them. And she's like, I don't even know half the words. So we had to start working on how do you discipline in English? How do you um, start with a whole new set of vocabulary? Um, and so it's kind of interesting because we're kind of doing the same way. But uh, I can definitely share some resources with your blog. I actually have ABCs in all. Um, so for instance, we have the ABCs of, of autumn and this might be a perfect time to share this one in French. Oh yeah. So, you know, what we did oh. is we just did flashcards and we did the ABCs of autumn. And so what's awesome is, is that the pairs can share kind of um, different words um, within their uh, vocabulary that they may have learned at home, um, like scarecrow, we know, <laughs> is a totally different word in French. And so, or pumpkin. Uh, and so we kind of put this all together. And we also try and find uh, songs that are related to each of the holidays. So like Halloween, um, Christmas, Easter, whatever anybody celebrates, you can usually find a song um, to kind of go with that to kind of teach uh, all the different uh, words and letters. And sometimes au pairs love sharing that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's, it's always are, fun. Songs are great. Oh, they're amazing. And even I memorize them. So, um, it's, yeah. there's a, there's a French one called, uh, Pomme de Renette, Pomme Tapis. And so it's about an apple and it's, it's something that they would play like what we'd play like duck, duck, goose. Um, and so they have this. And so that's how I taught my kids. And so like, you'll hear them just you know, speaking in French around the house or, um, you know, there's tons of them for Jaca. Um, most of them we probably wouldn't even know, but, um, they use the same tunes that we do, but they just put totally different words. So it's, it's fun. It's a fun experience. And also we get to learn along the way. So it's, it's a, it's a reward. All right. We're coming to a close on this episode with host moms, Abby and Maddie. Join us next week as we go into part two and explore a little bit more deeper into that host family life. This podcast, like others, is helping document the host family life and how it's been a positive impact for not only being a cultural exchange program, but also as a way to open up boundaries for the next generation. If you're a host family, we want to hear from you, and we would love for you to join our podcast and share your story. Our goal is to share positive stories that change lives forever and support cultural diversity and inclusion within our families and ultimately hopefully make an impact to save the J-1 visa program. Visit our website under Team Parent for more details on how to contact us and get on our podcast. Until then, go Team Parent! listening to the Innovate Your Life with Mary Michael. Tune in again to learn more about how you can innovate your life and realize your purpose and dreams and live your best life. Visit www.innovateyourlife.today. A special thanks to those that make this show possible. 
Our show is produced by Melissa, the master artist. Our co-host is Linda, the collaborator, catalyst, and connector. And our show is recorded and edited in the spare time of Mary Michael. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.